0: Welcome to benefits what like it's hard the podcast that breaks down the truths and misconceptions about all things benefits Not only do we talk about what you should know about the benefits offered to you through your employer But we also tackle topics on physical and financial wellness. I mean, come on What more could you want from a podcast? Join me libby allison each week to hear from people just like you sharing their own Experiences and experts giving us the inside scoop on the information. We need to be successful Hello, and welcome to another episode of our podcast, Benefits What Like It's Hard. My name is Gracie Van Amorongan, and I am the strategic program lead here at Horan. And today I am joined by Chris Meehan, the vice president of Horan Campus Health Solutions, and Andrea Costa, the vice president of financial planning. Today we will be talking about first-time college students, uh, whether you are one or a parent of one, and the financial and healthcare considerations that you should be thinking about for this next chapter of life. So, Chris and Andrea, thank you so much for being on today.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Absolutely. All right. So we'll dive right in. Uh, first, most first-time college students, you know, have just turned eighteen, the big one-eight, and are uh, considered legal adults. So Andrea, what do you think are the most important things to consider from a financial and legal perspective for those people? Well,
2: it might not feel like much has changed, but as soon as a child turns 18, from a legal perspective, everything has changed. So you may be accustomed to getting calls from the school, being able to consult with doctors and make decisions for your child. Well, all of that is over once they turn 18. Mm. It's very important to put some documents in place that give um, parents the right to intervene and help if they need to. So some of those documents would be a healthcare power of attorney so that if there's a medical emergency, you are your child's primary agent for healthcare decisions, um, as well as a financial power of attorney. So if for some reason they're not able to manage their own financial affairs, uh, maybe they are on a trip, maybe they um, just need, you know, someone to call, something, you know, anything like that, Mm -hmm. um, a financial power attorney is going to give you the right to help. So these documents are all designed to give a person a backup if there's some sort of problem. And you know, as parents, you've always been accustomed to being that backup for your children as they've grown and changed. But um, once they turn 18, you have to formalize it, otherwise you do not have those
0: rights. Really? That's interesting. So. What would be an example of when you would use, let's say, like a healthcare power of attorney?
2: Well, the, there are some very simple examples that are not as scary, and then there are some scary examples. <laughs> yeah. Right? So um, let's say that your 18-year-old needs to get their wisdom teeth out finally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to need a healthcare power of attorney to show um, the physician's office when they come out that you are the person that's entitled to like take them home, take care of them, pick up their prescription, things like oh, that. Oh, okay. Um, if there's an emergency and you are going to a hospital, the hospital's administrators are going to want to see a healthcare power of attorney for an over 18 person to make sure that you are the person allowed to make medical decisions, to make sure that you are allowed to go back there. Mm. Um, there are some situations where just because you say that you're a parent... Yeah. Um, You know, some parents are not good parents and they're Mm -hmm. not supposed to be around a person. So hospitals are very cautious about that when someone turns 18 in particular.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess I I never really thought about that before because you just think, you know, when you're in college and if, especially if your parents are still supporting you while you're in college, you just assume that they have all the same rights that they had when you were living under their roof. But I guess that's not true, you know? It's all changing. (laughs) That's interesting. So in addition to
2: that, um, every school should have some sort of guidance as far as forms that they might need you to fill out um, so that you continue to have access to grades and other information about your child's location. Like, for example, what dorm are they in, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if there is an emergency, um, you would want to have all of the access that you can through the university as well. Right. So that maybe if there is some sort of an emergency alert, parents also receive them, things like that. Um, and people don't ordinarily think about that. You know, you're thinking about which school are they choosing, how are yeah. we going to pay for it? Yeah. Um, do they have all the stuff they need to start? Right. But these things are very important as well.
0: Yeah. That's a really good watch out. Um, Probably something that not a lot of people, like you said, think about when you're thinking about college, you know, especially from a student (laughs) perspective too. For any students that are listening, you know, you're probably thinking more about how you're going to decorate your dorm or what your roommate's going to be like, not necessarily, you know, what would happen in an emergency, but...
2: This is definitely not as fun.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But just as important as the color scheme, I I would say. (laughs) So uh, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I know. Yeah, depends. (laughs) Depends. Yeah. So, uh, moving along, you know, just, you know, when you turn 18, you are considered that legal adult. And sometimes your parents, uh, lucky enough, will continue to support you, but you're probably learning how to budget for the first time, uh, how to spend your money. Should I spend it all at the dining hall? Should I maybe buy books? I don't know. That's up to you. you buy I books guess. These days? I know, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I know. don't know. We might be showing our age. Yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> um, So, what is your advice for budgeting and money management for new college students?
2: Sure. So. Um, This is a very important concept. This is the first time that most young adults are fully responsible for their financial lives, yeah, or at least almost fully responsible for their financial (laughs) lives, let's be real. Um, But it's hopefully over the course of their childhood, they've been exposed to some of these concepts, Mm -hmm. um, but better late than never. So if you haven't really had those conversations, certainly before they go to college, it's a wonderful time to sit down with children And maybe show them how you handle your family budget Hmm. so that they can start sort of apply those practices to their own. Um, Definitely before they go to college, you should outline a budget with them um, and make sure it makes sense. Make sure that there is some buffer for fun. I mean, they are in college. Oh, yeah. (laughs) um, They're going to need to have some kind of fun money too. Right. but it's important to do that because a budget gives some guardrails for a person and an 18 year old may be a legal adult, but studies show that the part of your brain that controls decision making mm-hmm. is not fully formed until you're about 27. So they still yeah. have quite a bit of time before that kicks in. So having the conversation <clears throat> about, okay, well, this is your budget. Mm-hmm. These are all the things you're going to have to pay with this money. Right. Don't forget about all the boring things and focus yeah. on the fun things. Blow all your money on whatever. <laughs> and then also, you know, there are some risks when you're out in the world on your own. There might be people trying to pass along credit card applications. Mm -hmm. Um, There might be a friend that pulls out more student loans and tells your child about it. So having the conversation about financial wellness in general is essential before they go to college. Don't wait for there to be an issue or a hiccup. And just because your your child has always been really good with the money that you've given them Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that they're going to be able to operate a budget on their own without. conversation.
0: Definitely. And are there any other like tools that you know of that would be helpful for people who are first into money management and getting into a budget?
2: Yeah, sure. So there are some online budgeting tools. The ones that I think a lot of people use are Mint, and that one's free. There are some ads, but Mm -hmm. what that does is it aggregates all of all of the accounts. So for a college student, probably yeah, maybe one or two, <laughs> right, right. Um, and you can see on a pie chart where you're spending your money. If both of you have access, then you can monitor it as well. Um, there's also um, an app called Truebill, mm-hmm. and that does much of the same stuff, but it's an app form, so it might be a little bit easier for um, young people to work with. And that one also will go through and make sure that you identify any subscriptions that you signed up for oh, and ask if you still want them, things yeah. like that. Because that's one of the areas where young people do get tripped up too. You know, they mm-hmm. end up with a bunch of subscriptions that they've clicked okay on and then they yeah. don't realize they're getting billed every month. Definitely. Um, but you know, having access to these apps or even just a simple online tool to create a basic budget, mm-hmm. um, those are those are some things that I think are good to talk through with children.
0: Right. Yeah, that's really great advice. So you kind of mentioned earlier about student loans. So what would you say are the biggest watchouts when you're dealing with student loans?
2: Well, um, student loans are a very big problem i mean we're talking about it as a society all the time
0: mm-hmm.
2: um as i mentioned before the decision-making part of the brain's not fully there yet yeah and um young people do have access to loans in excess of their tuition right mm-hmm. because some people are going to school and they do need to support themselves they may not have parents that are able to help support them and so yeah. I think it is reasonable in some situations to have some basic living expenses on a student loan, but um, living like you are already graduated and working (laughs) on a student loan is not a good idea. Yeah. So explaining compound interest to a, a young person, explaining, okay, well, if you Oof, take I'm this not out, sure I even know what that is, <laughs> Andrea. Maybe I'll need to talk to you about this <laughs> after. Well, <laughs> yeah, so the interest is accruing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so showing, you know, you may pull out $20,000, but if it takes you 20 years to pay off how much you're ultimately paying, yeah. there are some tools that can show that. And, and sometimes that's helpful to think through as well and just diagram out so um it's not just a discussion it's something that they see mm-hmm. visually it might make a little bit more of an impact right and um you know if you have access to the registrar records and things like that you can monitor a little bit more if they're taking out bonus loans that you don't know about as well oh yeah <laughs> um so that that can be a little bit of a risk because if one if one student in a friend group does it and then mm-hmm. you know everybody's like well they did it maybe that's not that big of a deal yeah um there's a lot of uh group mentality that happens mm-hmm. with young
1: people. So. It's funny that has happened to me when I was in graduate school. I got a full-time job that I didn't know I was going to get and uh, all of a sudden I got a loan check and mm-hmm. it was very hard to send that loan check back, but I did. <laughs> yes. But it was I know why a lot of people wouldn't.
0: Right. right.
2: And um, the interest rates on student loans, even the federal loans are pretty significant. Mm-hmm. So you know, if that starts accruing, depending on whether it's a subsidized loan or an unsubsidized loan or Mm -hmm. a grad plus loan where you're signing on to, um, that interest is going to start accruing at some point. So modeling out what that looks like is important.
1: It's a hot topic right now, because seeing if uh, they're gonna have people start to repay their loans again due to the pandemic.
0: Yeah, definitely. So without a financial, power of attorney, how much can the parents see of your student loans? Like you were saying, you know, if you could check and see if somebody's taken out bonus loans that you didn't know about, how much can a parent see of the child's student loans without any type of agreement in place? Uh, Virtually nothing unless it's a
2: parent plus loan. So there are federal loans that, so if someone needs more help than their individual federal loan Mm -hmm. amount. Um, a parent can also take out a loan. And since you're a co-borrower, then you would be able to have um, access to Got it, it. yeah. Um, and then, you know, a power of attorney may not allow all information from mm-hmm. the registrar. It doesn't magically give you account access or anything like that. There are some steps to go through, but um, definitely have that conversation with your child's right. college to find out, okay, what forms do we need to sign to make sure that I've got access to this stuff and
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, can see where we're going here.
0: Yeah those are all really good watch outs and good advice so shifting gears just a little bit from financial to more of those healthcare considerations chris what do you think are you know the top of mind healthcare considerations that students and also their parents should be thinking about
1: well i think when you you're trying to choose your university you're not thinking about what health insurance program they offer
0: right <laughs> uh, you're,
1: you're doing that once you get on campus mm-hmm. and you start to understand through orientation what what is available on a variety of fronts Um, So one thing I would say is, you know, with the majority of public universities and most private universities offering some sort of a student health insurance program, Mm -hmm. as a parent and a student, you probably want to take a five minute look to look and say, what is this? Is this good for me? It's not just a check the box. I have insurance. Yeah, We've seen too many uh, parents over the years at orientation say, oh, we we got insurance. And mm-hmm. then I, we pull them in and say, hey, do, you, do do you have insurance around here in this area of the campus community? Oh no, we're in, you know, across the country with an HMO, meaning you have to stay in a network. So mm-hmm. you probably just want to at least take a look, Compare the numbers, premiums versus plans, and then most importantly, to see if uh, if you do stay on your parents' plan or they stay on your plan, being a parent, that uh, that they have access uh, to care uh, around their community where their college campus is.
0: Yeah, so you're saying that sometimes if you go to school out of state, you might not, and you're staying on your parents' plan, you might not have access to uh doctors or pharmacies where you're going to school does that happen sometimes it
1: happens uh more than you think uh for the simple fact uh you know for example there was um you know someone in northern ohio that was at a big hospital system Mm -hmm. as an employee we have coverage we're good and then we started talking and she's like well we have to use this particular system in the cleveland area and that would not help in any other state or mm-hmm. any other part of Ohio because that's the only place you can go unless it's an emergency. Interesting. So you really, if you stay, uh, if the student stays on a parent's plan, you definitely want to make sure that that parent plan has a network, probably more of a national PPO, which means you could go in and out of your network mm-hmm. to make sure they have access to care um, you know, around campus. Now, they'll probably have access to care at the Student Health Center, mm-hmm. but that's mostly preventive stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's a really good thing to keep in mind. Um, What other things should you consider when you're trying to decide whether to choose a student health insurance plan or, you know, staying on your parents' plan or Medicaid or something like that? What are the things you should keep in mind?
1: One one big watch out is out-of-state Medicaid. Uh, So if you are going to school outside of your resident state uh, where you grew up or where you went to high school or where you live, Um, if you are on Medicaid, uh, out of state Medicaid will not be covered, uh, in that area. So you probably want to make sure that you have, uh, again, adequate coverage in that area. Uh, another thing is, is with this being very new to, uh, especially parents that their first, uh, student is going to school. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of these, uh, universities, uh, have a health insurance requirement. Oh, okay. okay. So that doesn't mean they have to go on the student health plan. That just means they have to have adequate insurance to register for classes. Uh, that means being on a parent's plan that has adequate care in the area, uh, in-state Medicaid, TRICARE benefits through, through the government, uh, obviously through the student health insurance plan. Mm-hmm. And with this, a lot of these uh, universities and colleges have a, something called a waiver process. Uh, what that means is, is there's a certain open enrollment period, like an employer would have for an employee, Mm -hmm. a certain window, usually a 60 to 45 day window, uh, that you have to take an action. Mm -hmm. So even if, uh, they're going to stay, uh, students can stay on the parents plan. Uh, they will have to take an action to either enroll in the plan or wave out of it Mm -hmm. and wave out of it means you go on a website and you put your information in with your insurance information, you hit submit. And then that insurance plan has a clearing house that they make sure that you're active and then make sure you have coverage in that area. So that Got is it. a really big watch out because there's a lot of parents um, well, first of all, a lot of students don't check their emails. Mm-hmm. Of all the students, but they don't. The parents aren't going to be notified. The student has to notify of them. So mm-hmm. if they do not waive out, uh, they will be charged the premium for that plan.
0: Okay, I do. You know that's funny. I didn't know about a lot of this stuff until I was here at Haran and working in it and living in it. Uh, when I was in college, I know that before I registered for classes. I had to check the box that I was either waiving or accepting the student health insurance. And I just always was like, yeah, check, done, didn't think about it. I didn't realize until after that then they would send an email to my dad because it was on the bursar's bill at my university, um, and then he would have to go in and put his insurance information in because I I just thought, you know, magically it waved and nothing happened and I never <laughs> had to think about it again. So there's definitely some aspects. So if it, it can often come on the bursar's bill or part of that. So um, even though it didn't come to my email, my dad was still doing it. So uh, that's just something to keep in mind. It might come along in a different way. Just make sure that you're looking out for that. Well, after. And
1: definitely for a parent, watch out. Things have changed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you can't email parents, you can't get their information, because again, according to like with Andrea's situation with legal, they are considered adults and That's true. you cannot text or email the, the, the parents. You probably don't have their information in general. Mm-hmm. So you have to lean on the student to make sure that they, if they're not doing it, that at least forward that email yeah. to the parent. So if you are a parent on, you know, listening here and your, your student is going to college for the first time, you want to make sure that this will watch out that they are forwarding you anything they're getting from the school to make sure that you don't miss this window. Yeah. One final thing I would say about the insurance piece of uh, your student going to college is if you are going to have them stay on your plan, uh, you definitely want to make sure you confirm all of the medications that they are, you know, you could get access to the medications, especially if you already have them on a mail order where it's coming to your home. Oh, yeah. Uh, Make sure that that is being transferred to the dorm or wherever they're living there. Uh, make sure you have uh, you know the the the, the proper um, pharmacies in the area, especially if you're going to a school in a rural area, mm-hmm. to make sure that you have access uh, to get medications. Because uh, you know this is a stat that that's really alarming to me. But 34 of of, of college age kids going to school have chronic conditions, uh, wow. and now they're going to uh, try to manage them for the first time on their own. So mm-hmm. I think that's a big watch out.
0: Yeah. So, kind of along that lines of chronic conditions, what are the other health care considerations that people should keep in mind outside of just insurance?
1: Well, you know, most schools have some sort of a health center, uh, and uh, a lot of those health centers have some sort of a semester fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you want to make sure that is not insurance, that is a fee to use the health center for certain things. And a lot of times, with the health center, depending on how large the university is, um, you definitely can get a lot of your preventive care visits. A lot of your vaccinations, if you don't have them already, uh, those type of things, um, you know, um, diff- flu shots, all those mm-hmm. type of things. So, uh, mostly preventive care visits. You definitely want to make sure you use your health center because it's the closest thing. You probably don't have a car.
0: Yeah. You don't
1: know who's in the area, so mm-hmm. lean on your health center. That's what they're there for, and that's what they want to do for their students.
0: Yeah. And what about like preventive visits or things like dental and vision appointments? I it's funny. Uh, one of our coworkers was just going to the eye doctor last week, and she was saying that the eye doctor was saying that everybody was calling in to get their student in right before they went to college in this last month of August. So. Uh, should people be thinking about that their preventive visits and their other health care while they're still at home or what, what's your advice for that
1: well i mean obviously it depends on how far you're going away from home True. uh to go to school uh you know larger universities may have some dental uh you know clinics on campus mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of a new thing we're seeing in the marketplace that uh, they're putting, uh, you know, some uh, brick and mortar dental uh, places on, on on big campuses. Mm. Um, the other thing is, you know, they may have maybe you don't need the dental insurance or anything, but there might be dental discount programs that the school offers mm-hmm. that you might get help in a pinch if yeah. you can't get home right. Um, and then definitely uh, you know they always have a lot of the health centers bring in uh, different um, providers to do eye exams and all those type of things mm-hmm. once or twice a year on campus. So I think you just again, lean on the health center to see what options are available and if you need if there's um, places that you need different than that, then maybe you could add coverage as necessary.
2: Well, one thing that comes to mind for me when I was in college and that was a bit ago, um, I was still dancing during that time and mm-hmm. occasionally, you know, you'd fall wrong or something like that. So yeah. I had to get physical therapy while I was in college away from home and that's not something that you can really just drive back home for if you're right. going two or three times a week. So I'm glad that without much effort on my part, I mm-hmm. had coverage and I was able to go, I think I went, I went to University of Florida, so mm-hmm. I went to Shan's for physical therapy, mm-hmm. but. Um, you know, I hadn't really thought through it before I went. I don't think my parents did either. I was the first child going to college and they didn't go to college themselves. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that's a really good thing to think through is making sure that if something unexpected happens, Mm -hmm. there's maybe a primary care physician that can help
0: guide and refer Mm -hmm. in that new community. Right. And the Student Health Center can usually help with that too, right, Chris? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, again, you lean on the health center because Mm -hmm. they could refer you out to the community. They Mm -hmm. know the partners in the area. Uh, And then if something like that Mm -hmm. happens, if that's unexpected, a lot of these health centers, they have a HIPAA authorization form that the student can fill out if they want a parent or any other legal guardian to have access to their medical information for a variety of things, whether it be just consultation, treatment, Claim settlement or other, like it, mm-hmm. they could definitely make sure that they do exactly what they want, and then they people that that care for them um, have access to their medical information when they're away from school.
0: Oh yeah, that's like that's another good thing to keep in mind. Well, thank you so much, Chris and Andrea. This was a really great conversation, and. Just to keep everybody to remind everyone, we have a checklist that is linked in the info on this podcast that kind of goes through everything that we talked about today and also gives some good links to some definitions and some budgeting tools as well. So make sure that you take a look at that and go through that checklist with your spouse or your student and kind of decide what the next steps that you guys need to take before this exciting new chapter of going to school for the first time. So thank you so much, Chris and Andrea. Oh, thank you, Gracie.
1: This has been great. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Until next time, everyone. Please remember that this podcast was strictly for educational purposes
2: only and should not be considered a solicitation, nor should you take it as tax or legal advice. Also... You can find more educational resources available on our Twitter and Instagram, so be sure to follow us at Haran 1948 and if you could subscribe to our podcast, we would love that also, and you'll get notified whenever we have new episodes. Thanks for listening.
0: See you next time.